All right, here we go, guys. Welcome to the Maroon Madness Podcast. My name's Morgan. I'm here with Tyler. And we're going to break down some games from this past week, talk about the Myrtle Beach Invitational, and then we're going to go into a quick preview into our game on Sunday against Kent State. Um, first off, we're talking about, let's just talk about overall thoughts about this past weekend and overall play or just what we saw on the court, Tyler. My first overall thought is, uh, why did we pick this season to begin a college roster basketball co- or podcast? This uh, is not a fun, through the first couple games, not a very fun product, especially compared to last year. I know I said last week, can't compare this season to last year, um, but also at the same time, this has just been, it's been rough at times, uh, especially this weekend in Myrtle Beach. I'm definitely on the train with you on that one. This year's definitely going to be a learning year. Um, we're going to see Pat Kelsey starting to get into more of his style of play, his people in the game, his recruits starting to come into the school instead of just a mash of all everything. You know what I mean? The big experiment. We're starting to see three, four gear guys that he's put into this program and then his new freshmen come into this into this program. So yeah, all of us, like I said last podcast, all of us wanted another thirty win season. Are we gonna get that? Probably not. Like I said, there's three hundred and sixty teams and only eight of them won thirty games last year. So I guess we're just gonna fight and see what and scratch and with this tough schedule we've had, we're already starting to see strengths of schedule starting to come out. And we're leagues ahead of the rest of our league already when it comes to strength of schedule and it's not going to get any easier in these next couple of weeks before we get back to TD Arena um, December 10th. No, it's definitely going to get harder in that stretch. Uh, and, and there's a very good chance that there's a lot of ugly in that stretch. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll definitely kind of probably in the next episode get a lot more into the breakdown of what is to come in that regard. But uh, definitely you are absolutely right. It is, it is not going to be easy. Um, all the way up the rest of the way. So if there is a time to to turn on the light switch and get things going, any time they want to flip that switch is fine with me. Definitely. And a big thing I have to say, guys, support this team. Don't turn your backs on them. We sold out TD Arena going into this year because we thought it was going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. You know what I mean? Don't let the play of this team get you disheartened. I know there's a lot of people out there wanting to jump off the bandwagon already. We've seen the emails. We've seen people already emailing to the news station saying, what the heck is going on with this team? You know, guys, stick with it. You know what I mean? this It's a young team. It really is. But there is experience. And um, if these shots start to fall, some good things are going to start happening. But I guess we'll go ahead and jump into Myrtle Beach. Um, my overall shots. Um, thoughts. We, we didn't shoot the ball well. Uh, there's times that we couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Um, it seemed like we were just throwing the ball up and praying. There, there's times that we took way too many threes and when we shouldn't have been taking a three and should, shouldn't have take two or three more passes. Um, gotta use our size. That's the one big thing we did in the coastal game. They have a big man that dominated last year against us. We, pushed against them this year and you know I mean we're gonna see coastal again in a couple of weeks um just use that size as we go in and out of these next couple of games because we're gonna have to rely on that size playing some of these bigger mid-major teams that have size also and i will say throughout this event 
CFC's getting back to their identity. We're getting back to Pat Kelsey ball. We're crashing the boards. You're seeing four or five um, guys at the rim trying to grab rebounds. We out-rebounded pretty much every game. It's just shots have got to start falling, and we got to keep rebounding and keep playing at our pace. We're playing at our pace right now. We are. If you look at the shot selection, it doesn't seem like it's there, but, you know what I mean, we're playing at our pace. So shots have got to just fall. They've got to fall sooner or later. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you can't really say. I mean, I I feel like not shooting well is an understatement. Uh, this team has really started to show. Uh, what are we through five games now? Yes, I, we I'm are. really starting to worry that this isn't just like a cold stretch or a, a rough start of the season. This might just be an overall team trend. Um, granted, you know, we are only five games in. It is a small sample size in a large way. We only have one game at home that we've had. You know what? For the last four games have been on neutral sites. Um, last th- three of the last four have been on a neutral site. I guess the that coastal game was technically a road game, even though I do think it officially goes down as a neutral site game somehow, some way. But it it just needs to get better. It's definitely tough. But um, I don't want to dwell too far into the overall thoughts because I feel like we'll just start repeating ourselves over the next three breakdowns, but um, I, I guess just get into the specifics of Vermont. I mean, what what did you think about that game? I know I thought that coming out of the gate after uh, playing Duquesne or whatever we decided the pronunciation was last week, um, it, it came out, we were shooting close to 50%, weren't taking as many threes, we were getting inside, and I was like, here we go, this is that flip, that I, or the switch I was talking about flipping. We were doing it in game three, we're back on track, good to go. And in the second half, they decided to just completely change everything. Threes were starting to get chucked. Shot selection was poor. Shots were getting missed. And they just threw this game away. Uh, this is a game that they should not have lost at any stretch of the imagination. And it turned into a nine-point loss. Uh, can't imagine that. Uh, what was going through your head during this one? Watching it, like I said, I wasn't one of the ones that worked sitting there trying to watch it and work at the same time. But when I watched it in the first half, I thought I was watching college Charleston basketball. You know what I mean? We were getting to the boards. We were rebounding. We were um, we were pushing the tempo. We were we were showing dominance. And you got Kobe Rogers out there controlling the offense, and you put him and Bryce Butler out there, and that's when we went on that run and pushed that lead to 15 points. And then all of a sudden, like you said, after halftime, I don't know what happened in there. Maybe it's like, okay, guys, we're comfortable. Let's just start throwing the ball up, and we can't do that. Uh, we'll say we're getting 33 bench points from this game. Um, that's a big thing, and that was a big thing last year. And I was like I said, the first couple games we didn't see that. We're starting to see everybody getting involved. Um, you know, had nine turnovers. So, like you said, Tyler, when it comes down to it, it's coming to shot selection, and that's going to be a recurring theme up to like even in the coastal game. Um, shot selection's killing us. You know what I mean? We're we're even on the boards with Vermont. We were the bigger team, but they kept up with us there, and um, they pushed themselves into the title game. It's just I, I don't know. I, like I truly, like I said, it was a whole different team from the first half to the second half out there, and I just I don't understand what happened. I truly don't. Yeah, for me, it's just one of my big things is it really just infuriates me in in basketball is is untimely empty possessions and just possessions that 
were wasted. And I feel like a lot of possessions that especially in the second half of this game were wasted possessions you just go down it's almost like you're not really trying to set something up you throw up the ball it's missed and then you and then you run it back again and when you do stuff like that i, I think i saw it was uh they closed out vermont closed us out with like a 22 to 5 run uh that's how that kind of stuff happens and in my opinion for stuff like this and and i feel like through the first two episodes so far you're gonna see me as this is very critical asshole talking about the team it's not that case if i didn't think that this could be better i wouldn't talk with this kind of tone uh if i thought that this was kind of the best of the team would be i'd be in here pointing out well you know what they did this right they did this right but this team i think can do so much better and i think has shown in stints that it can do so much better first half against duquesne first half here against demont or vermont um i think that they have shown that and again small spurts not over a complete game necessarily but when you see that it's just like why can't we do that consistently and this is what was really making that game so just maddening i think another thing that stood out to me i know you said 33 points off the bench none of those came from rain smith uh he kind of got moved out of the starting lineup i don't know if that was thinking maybe kind of kickstart that um but he went 0 for 6 off from behind the arc uh no surprise there based off of you know how we want to shoot a ton of threes but it's just it's stuff like that it's just it's crazy um i've personally never really understood why rain doesn't kind of try to implement cutting inside more um obviously i mean he's he's great from the from the from the stripe um he i don't know what his career three throw percentage is but it's probably close to you know upper 80 percent i mean he knocks down shots and you know if he even if he just drives in and gets fouled he's going to be a productive scorer there um, and then shots are going to, you know, buckets are going to fall if you take enough opportunities inside, you know, those high percentage shots. Uh, but, you know, getting moved out of the starting lineup and going over six is not necessarily uh, a sign of, of really good things to come. Um, anything else that you really saw in this one? You're talking about Rain Smith and driving in. What did Andrew Gadlock say last year when he was in town for, you know, in a Hall of Fame ceremony and something that I think Rain Smith needs to develop? And we've seen it, you know, in that floater. You know, he's the perfect guard for it. You know, I mean, he's not big, he's not too small, but he's got just enough speed. Just, you know, I mean, just lift, you know, what I mean, just lift it up. Even Danny says it on the broadcast. Every time he comes in, you don't have to go all the way to the rim. Stop five foot no. short, boom. You know, what I mean, float it. You know, there are not many players in the CAA that's going to block that. And that, in the hindsight, that's what we're looking at. We're going to have to be our best yeah. in the CAA play. Yeah, and that's you know that's the thing the Gadlock floater and uh, and Curry kind of had a little move like that too that they were running through the league at the same time. Obviously, Curry was a bigger name then and now, um, in large part thanks to that that what elite eight run that Davidson had like a year before that. But I mean, those two guys were, were running the league in the SoCon at the same time, and they both were primarily known for their outside shooting. Uh, both those guys could step back to probably the other three-point line and still make shots, but, God, they could go inside and just absolutely – I mean, you've seen the the footage of Curry doing it in the NBA um, where he just can can drive in and just make people look stupid. Um, Patrick but he had a little floater. <laughs> he had a little floater, and, and Gallagher had that little pull-up floater. Um, that that did just as much damage as at his um, as his three point shots and 
Um, you know, Riller was a good guy at, at getting to the basket as well. Um, and, and he was obviously as well known for his three-point shooting um, outside of that. But just Rain does not have that that in his in his game. And, you know what, he's a junior now. And I kind of thought that maybe that would be something that he would start to develop in his sophomore season. And it just never came. And at this point, I'm really wondering if it is going to come out. But um, we'll see. Um, It's not really poking its head out yet. So long way to go this season. But um, gosh, it really is something that needs to be worked on. Maybe let's go to the Wyoming game. You know what I mean? Um, Once again, I'm um, flabbergasted. You know what I mean? You have 31 bench points. You lead offensive rebounding 23 to 5. You out-rebound them by six rebounds. You have more assists. You have more personal fouls, which we're going to talk about that. And you force 22 turnovers. If you don't look at the score, Tyler, what's the end of that game? Tell you that College Charleston probably should have won by 30. But when you take 73 shots, 37 of them being threes, and you only make seven of them, you lose by seven points. When you dictate the game's pace, you're dictating... You did everything you wanted to do in that game, except make shots. And I, you know, what I mean, I don't, I don't have really any positives from that game other than what I said. But like, the shots have got to fall. If we want to win, you have to make the basketball go into the hoop. There's no, that's how this game works. Unless you just want to play forty possessions per team and make 10 shots each and play a 40 to 39 game that we used to see back in the Townsend Call of the Charleston Pat Skeary versus Earl Grant days which I don't want to yes, do that no, thank you uh, it, um, <laughs> it, at days that was fun in other days it's not but going back to talking about the last game and how we want to see the development of rain Benny Buckets I mean, he had 19 points on 19 shots. It's a little high on the shot level. He had eight rebounds. What this team needs is somebody to take that ball in crunch time and go. And we're looking at it now. I, I think it needs to be Benny. Um, he's a junior now. Even if he's not going to lead vocally, I want to see him, you know what I mean, put the ball in my hands. Or mm-hmm. Ante had 12 points this game. Put the ball in his hands. We need to have that. Yeah that player that has that killer mentality that we've had in, in the Pat Kelsey area last year with 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 Psycho D and you know what I mean Pat Robinson the year before that with John Meeks. You know what I mean? You need to have that score that's gonna just put their head down and you know that, that that's who the ball's gonna go to. You know what I mean? Yeah. In those yeah, final I mean, seconds. I mean, and, well so you're you're absolutely right. Uh I mean Benny is probably the the player outside of Ante probably the guy that you're going to want to go to because um, he's a guy that's going to hit outside shots. I'm taking him as well, but I think Benny is a bit more lethal when it comes to that. And he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to muscle it in. Um, he He's just that kind of guy. And that is the kind of guy that you do want in that situation. A guy that can kind of has a little roundabout, a little repertoire of all the shots that he needs. Um, it can kind of be in position to do whatever is asked. Um, that's why, you know, a guy like Rain Smith, that, that's what's so disappointing about that. Um, is you know he he's not going to be a guy that you're going to be threatened to to cut inside the lane. So if you get into this kind of thing where you can you can get two points, you can steal three points, there the ball goes to Rain's hands. Okay, he's taking a three. He's not going inside. Got ball goes to you know 
Benny's hands on the top of the key. Is he going to take the shot? Is he going to make a move, cut inside? You never really know. Um, and so that's what's dangerous about that. So you're exactly right. But just kind of go back to my point with the last game of empty possessions and, and how that can be so maddening. <laughs> if you look at like the, the, the game chart on this game, it it's it's so it is it is so tangled up i mean you know just espn has it out on their on their game flow every single game looking at it right now it just the line that goes up however many points by the minute you can see the exact kind of storyline of the game that those two bars those two lines are going in and out of each other but you can kind of tell charleston has this little line it goes up a couple steps and then it flattens out and it goes up a couple steps, and it flattens out. And if you're not familiar with it, those flash flat lines mean that is a space in the game where you did not score anything. You can't have those flat lines. You got to minimize that. The flatlining that's dead in the medical world, dead. And that is what you're gonna end up with when you have all those flat lines. And I mean, it's just you've got to score. I mean, like you said, it this had all the intangibles for this to be a Charleston win, but it's a, a Charleston blowout. Loss. Not even a win. Yeah. It should be. It should have been a Charleston blowout. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You take thirty-seven threes. We make. You know what I mean? Even make ten more of those. That's thirty points, and you're looking at a ninety to sixty-seven game. It's a blowout. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said, you cannot have those scoring droughts, and this is what we're seeing over and over and over with these Pat Kelsey teams. They're so talented. You know what I mean? When it comes to athletes and shooting and this and that and all these points that you want to put out there but then why do we keep coming back to this we have these scoring drops i mean and this was something that was a factor in the team last year but the problem the thing was last year they bust out of the gate and go up 20 points and they go in a scoring drought the next thing you know it's an 8 10 point game and then boom here we go out of the scoring drought and then it's another 15 20 point game before it, it was it happened before we could blink but now they're not doing that. They're going on a scoring drought, and they're down 15 points before you can even blink. You go back to the second game of the year. We were down 21-5 to five before you could blink. And then you blinked again, and we were up by four points. But we didn't have any of those East games, so everybody else was just as slow as us. But in the end, consistency and, consistency and efficiency is what's going to kill us down the stretch. Like you're, I'm looking at Wyoming's... Um, Box score, you have a player going 7-10 from the field, 3-for-3 from three-point range, and 7-for-7 from the free-throw line, 24 points. That that right there is just efficient. 3-for-7, 2-for-5, 2-for-4. I want to see that more on our box scores. There's no reason why... We shouldn't have, you know, I mean, a couple of players that have set lines like that. Yeah, and that was something that we had like all last year was kind of set lines like that, but it's just it hasn't quite happened yet. Uh, I think it can, but it just hasn't. Anything else with Wyoming, or are we good to, to, I guess, close the book on the Cowboys? Uh, I'm closing the book on the Cowboys. I want to get that game out of my head. You know what I mean? Good, we out-rebounded them. We did We did one thing at the back, Kelsey. Way yeah. of playing, but we did not do everything we needed to do that game. But we can go to Coastal, and I feel like compared to the first two games, there's a lot more positives out of this Coastal game than there was negatives. Once again, our bench points are up there. We're over 20 points a game. I, I feel like in my head, you know what I mean, 20 to 25 points. A game out of your bench is what you're going to be. Downside to this game and maybe a positive at the same time, Kobe Rogers is going to be out the next one to two weeks with a concussion. So we had to see who else can put the ball in their hands. So, you know, I mean, the ball 
I feel like there's a lot more ball movement in this game. 20 assists on 24 made shots. I definitely feel we took way too many threes once again, although we did Dude. make 17, which is a top three school record, but still 43 shots from behind the arc is way too much. Yeah, that you know, one of those other two games is probably like Gowlock era. They took 25 threes and shot like 16 for 25. You know, we're talking 17 for 43. From my knowledge, I think maybe those top three are all three Pat Kelsey um, made three games. I remember 19 made threes against maybe a North Greenville last year or the year before oh, that. Mm, so I, I, I think I it's... Count that. <laughs> It's still in the record books. I'm not going to go and hoot and holler over a game over North Greenville, but just as I'm not going to hoot and holler, I know you texted me at one point during this game, and I think it was something along the lines of this looks like Charleston basketball. I'm not going to sit here and say we're back beating Coastal Carolina by eight points in the seventh place game of the Myrtle Beach Invitational. I uh, definitely need to see a little bit more. To, to feel but happy about things. I will, I will say something did happen in this game that uh, you've been calling for in these two recaps. Um, I think it started raining, raining threes from Rain Smith. I didn't say it in the Wyoming game. Let's follow up. He was 0 for 6 against Vermont and 0 for 7 against uh, Wyoming. So congratulations on the 6 for 13. But six out of, you know he was 6 for 12 from three-point range. He took one shot inside, missed it. But he was six for six from the he was six for six from the free throw, which I think a lot of those free throws came in garbage time as Coastal was trying to push back. But you know, what I mean, yeah. his shot. But his, I will say, you know, I mean, going back and looking his his shot selection and how his shot looked in those first two games, and I went digging, his shot looked cleaner. And maybe it's he had the day of rest, and maybe this was a focus of the game. Like I said, we passed the ball. And that's going to be a big thing in this offense. The more passes you have, and I feel like there was a lot more inside out. Ante mm-hmm. got deep into the, into the um, lane. He went four for ten from the field. Half of those shots were in the lane compared to the last couple games. And once again, had another double-double, 12 and 11. So that shows you that Ante was in the lane looking at it. James Scott had five rebounds. That means he was down low with six points, five rebounds. We got 10 team rebounds that don't go into the books as an individual rebound, just as, you know what I mean, tip out and run with it. You know what I mean? Those rebounds are showing off down the road. We're putting it together. And like I said in a past podcast, that 72 to 82 mark, I feel like we won a lot of games. Once again, we, we score 80 points this game. And we shoot 40 and 40 from the field. Granted, like I said, we shot way too many threes, but we shot 40%. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely maybe was more of the total win. But I mean, you, you made 17 threes and you made, doing the math, you made seven two-point shots. And then I guess, you know, I mean, you've got 15 points from the line. But... I just, I just think this team needs to be getting inside more. So it's like, yay, we won. But I just, I personally don't think anything was, was made better in this performance. Uh, I haven't, I didn't get really watch a lot of this game, so I'm going a lot just by what I've kind of read, what I've seen, reading a stat book, which never gives the full picture. But it just, I really, I don't think we learned anything here. I think we learned that we can win against bad teams with the product. But what are we going to do against a Liberty or an FAU? There's just questions that need to be answered quickly. And I just don't think that it's, the current model is going to work in those games. 
No doubt. And like I said, there's a lot more. And I saw in this game, and this is two points I wanted to pick up. Kobe Rogers is out. So we're seeing the ball go into an Evan Kilmister's hand and a CJ Fulton. And there were some positive and negatives about both that I saw. You know, McKinley, he's coming up half court and he's literally stopping at the center logo and standing there and, you know, I mean, pretty much putting himself in a trap. And, you know, I mean, that you can't have that, you know, what I mean, even if it's going back and forth, back and forth, trying to find open passes, dribbling, you got to be you're a D1 player. You've been in the system for uh, over, you know, I mean, this is the second year in the system. So he's got to be he's got to go back and forth. And maybe when we're slow, you know, I mean, maybe he's the point guard you go to when Kobe's not in the game and we're running back and forth because I feel like he was scared when we're in those half-court sets, but when it comes to C.J. Fulton and when we're in half-court sets, he's back and forth, you know what I mean? He's getting those open passing lanes, but then once we start running, I feel like C.J.'s getting, he looks slow. You know what I mean? He's just getting burnt. Yeah. And it, I guess Kobe's going to be that, that middle person right between those two, but right now we're going to be out. He's going to be out for the next one or two weeks. So we got to, you know I mean, good thing we have, this break, we're not going to play Kent State until Sunday. Maybe by magical reasons, he gets out of this concussion protocol within a week, and he's back for Kent State. But and yes, we're probably definitely going to need him as we go and we break down um, Kent State in a minute. But there's got to be more inside-out play. There was a little bit more of it this game, and there was, some, like I said, the shots were falling. So because we were getting inside, but we're not going to be able to live off 43. 43 threes. There's no way it's going to happen. You know what I mean? I want to see that. I'd rather see that number in that. If if we're going to take this many threes, I'd rather see it in the 25 to 30 mark. But I also want to see 30 shots inside the arc also. It seems like Charleston mm-hmm. wants to get 60 to 75 shots a game. If that's what we're going to do and that's the way we're going to play, um, let's, let's see that half and half. I can live with that being half and half, not heavy toward threes. And if it's, if it's heavy toward toward inside the arc and we're having one of those games where Ante and Frankie's down low and beating and banging and we have Benny down there driving and getting to the free throw line and you know what I mean and we're shooting thirty percent from the field but we have twenty to thirty free throws. You know what I mean? I'm fine with that too. But you know what I mean I wanna see a balance in this team and I think with the way we're shooting the ball, I think if we become a more balanced either way that way, I think this team's gonna succeed. We're not this isn't a good shooting team I after seeing them for five games, I don't think they are. So I think, you know what I mean, if you can get a rain and a bending on the edge and then you get a Meyer Wall, James Scott, Ante, and all them inside beating and banging, you know what I mean, that's going to open up a lot of different options for us. But like I said, this teams they're young, but they're also experienced. You know what I mean, it's going to take a while. But I we're starting to find some... Um, Lineups that are starting to click, you know what I mean? A Kobe Rogers with a Bryce Butler out there. That's when we were looking at our best this past week when you added, you know what I mean? You could almost put any bigs with them. You could put a Meyerwall, a James Scott, and a Benny out there, but then turn around and put an Ante with a James Scott out there and have a big lineup with those two guards running that system. It, you know what I mean? It, it's going to be fun to see what Pat does with those lineups as we go farther into the year. But we're definitely seeing now after five games who the guards are going to be to lead that lineup. 
And if you know what I mean, we got to go with with those two players running. They're both older, so you know what I mean. Once again, going into a next year and a year after that, we're having to replace them. But maybe that's what this team needs: is just keep bringing in a veteran point guard just to lead the way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of of opportunities to look at. And, you know, I think we've talked enough, kind of, or, or I guess teased enough about the future uh, while talking about the last couple of games. We might as well just go ahead and do a preview for the only game this week. Uh, thanks to the, you know, having our, our, I guess our holiday tournament a little early, the weekend before Thanksgiving, and just with the Thanksgiving break, our only game this week is Maction. Uh, we're going to be Kent State. Of course, Kent State was a tournament team last year. They were picked second in the MAC behind um, behind Akron, um, and uh, you know they've they've got a team. Uh, they got four guys averaging ten points a game. Um, they got some height. I think they got a lot of uh, good players inside uh, that we'll break down here in a second. Um, that I, I think are going to give us some struggles. Uh, anything that you've kind of seen early on. Um, reading into these guys a little bit. So this is actually one game that I got to go to last year, and the finish in TD Arena was electric. You know what I mean? Two-point game against two of the better mid-major teams in the country. And, I, you know what I mean? I'm not throwing this down. I think we're still probably up there in the top 25 mid-major teams when it comes down to it by the end of the year. But Kent State, they're a product. Was this the you know Scott I mean? late three game last year? <laughs> Yes, it was. Like Wednesday night before Thanksgiving? It was. I got off work early and drove three and a half hours to make it into the arena. But, you know what I mean? They, Kent State, they they graduated two senior guards that have been there for six years. You know what I mean? But the guards that were, you know what I mean? Yeah, thanks, COVID. But those Mm -hmm. guards that were behind them saw plenty of time and saw plenty of winning. And, you know what I mean, Kent State's growing from that. You know what I mean? They lost they've lost a couple tough ones already against um some Raquan Horton heroics. Um hate to say that for another team and not our team, but they lost JMU. Um JMU's playing well this year. But they enjoy to play they enjoy playing a faster paced game. So are we gonna see the Charleston who likes to play a faster paced game and just throw up threes? Or are we gonna try to you know what I mean? Dictate the tempo, or are we going to play our pace, which is semi-fast, but we control the ball and we pass the ball around? I what I yeah. saw is they're they're not a they're a good shooting team, but they're not a good free throw shooting team. Maybe we slow the game down, and you know what I mean if we get maybe sacrifice a couple players, and if we get them to the line, we slow the game down, and that's extra possessions for us. So maybe I think. In the hindsight, we're both about the same size when it comes to how our teams are built up. Maybe have a little, we may have a little bit more size than them, but I think they have a lot more skill than us going down to it. But they have two fast guards, and we've already seen we we struggle with fast guards, and especially they like to force a lot of turnovers. They're forcing almost seventeen to twenty turnovers a game, and you know, I mean that 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 scares me. Because you get that two fast really guards well. that you get two fast guards that force turnovers, you're getting wide open layups on the other side of the court. And that's what killed us kind of against Duquesne, uh, was fast guards. Uh when you know, first half when when we kinda had that run that we've talked about, um in the second half of the first half, um th- th- those guards were in a little foul trouble and they were on the bench and we were playing well. Uh, and they came back in and it was more more or less of what was the first half of the first half. 
and you know we just got pounded and you know that's what worries me in this game you know they've got a guy by the name of Jalen Sunger who's uh, a second team guard or second team guy um, in the MAC going 15.4 points per game leading the team shooting 42 percent I mean that's very scary when you uh pair that up with their second leading scorer Chris Payton who's a first team guy uh their forward he's going to be down low uh he's got 14.2 points per I'm oh, sorry yeah he's got 14.2 points per game eight rebounds a game um he's shooting over 50 percent I mean Ante is going to be having his hands full uh the rest of those guys up in the post can be having their hands full I'm just worried I guess we're gonna see guy. after a couple of weeks if Ante's is that ankle 100% healed up? You know what I mean? Ante, let's see. Yeah. Let's see if he can be yeah. bang. This, this should give him some good practice against when he has to play uh, um, Amari Williams from Drexel or something like that, definitely. But yeah. I will say this. They have those four players doing that, but they also they play a little bit of a shorter bench than we do. So in the long run, if they want to start running, can our bodies help us maybe? I don't know. I'm trying to see positives out of this. It's definitely something to look at. I just don't know. I mean, the, their first that first rotation has some dogs in it for these guys. Um, I didn't mention it with the other two, but they've got uh, this guy. Uh, they've got their center, Hornbeak. He, he's averaging over 10 points a game. He's shooting over 75%, which, I mean, he's a center, so he's just kind of throwing it up there. But, gosh, I don't think we have anything that can really defend that. I mean, the only guy that could is is Ante, just the size. I know. I mean, I know Benny can be more physical. I don't really know what he can really do against something like that. We're, we're going to find out, probably, unfortunately. It's probably going to take a lot of fouls, which might be a good thing because he's only shooting about 50% in his free throws. But just kind of looking at just different places that we can kind of get a little bit of an edge. I mean, like I said, they've got four guys averaging 10 points a game. Right now, we just have Benny and we have Ante that are doing it. Um, not a lot of big points out of, you know, our, our starting lineup, our guys. I think we were running, we had four or five guys last year that were pushing that 10 points per game. Um, and that's just huge when you can have a guy that, like last year it was, okay, who's, who's it going to be? It was always somebody different. And then we'd have three or four guys in double figures. It's just not doing that this year. seems like that's the kind of situation that Kent State has early. And that's so lethal because you know that, okay, if one guy's having a cold night, if one guy's getting locked down, you've got another guy that's going to come in there and fill that void. And that is tough to beat. You know, we took advantage of it last year and I think this is going to be a game. We're going to be on the other side of it. So just going to be a lot, a lot of empty roles to fill, I feel like. And someone, like we've said before, is going to have to step up. Multiple someones is going to have to step up because this is not going to be, you know, a shutdown. This is a multiple-headed monster. And I'll be honest, I the player that I see that I think needs to step up this game is definitely going to be a James Scott. He showed some, um, some pretty points and some nice slams during this this. MTE, but you know, I mean, this 611 frame, let him bang down low with some of these more experienced um, big guys. You know, I mean, he's the third youngest player in college basketball this year. He's got a lot of time in front of him, but I feel like this is a game that he's going to have to step up. And if, you know, what I mean, like you said, if we get some people in foul trouble, Trying to beat bang down there in the in the low block, you know what I mean. James Scott's gonna be one of those players. He's gonna have to play 20, 25 minutes. You know what I mean. And I want to see Frankie down low. He led the CAA last year in rebounding. There's no reason why he should not be down low in this game. 
him and Ante need to be that two-headed monster down there. You know what I mean? Getting the yeah. rebounds along with pushing the pace of the game. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, like you said, those three guys, and asking that of James Scott is a lot, but I mean, he, he is six foot eleven. So you've got Scott, you've got Frankie, you've got Ante. Those are guys that you are going to have to call on because, you know, I, I feel like early on in the season, uh, we have not really done well um, in, you know, rebounding and, and really playing in the interior and bullying the interior. And I think this is a team that has that capability to do that. Uh, like their their second guy off the bench is a six seven guard. They're going to have the opportunity to attack inside, and you know they're going to have to step up. They're going to have to play defense. And if they are not playing very good defense, shooting seventeen percent from behind the three point line is not going to catch up. Um, so it is going to be a a tough task for these guys this this Sunday. But I mean that's why they play the game. Someone's got to do it. There's a way to do it. We just gotta take action on it. Maybe a week seeing taking this positive from that coastal game and I mean we have a full week. Let's see what um yeah. coach you know what I mean. I liked it a lot better last year. I think somebody said on the Discord when we had an offensive and a defensive coordinator, you know what I mean, where's that been this year? You know what I mean? We need to balance we need to see this team get balanced out. The defense is coming around. I feel like this team they're not as good as they were last year on defense, but you're starting to see spurts of it, and you're starting to see, you know what I mean, they're wanting to lock in and, and, and play rough. So, you know what I mean, let's see the four bodies around the, the, the basket at all times. Let's, like, I'm going to keep saying, keep pushing that pace. You know what I mean? Let's play Charleston's game. Let's not play anybody else's game. Let's, you know what I mean, have a balanced game, and let's, I'm not very optimistic for about this game. Like you said, two fast guards, you know what I mean, they force a lot of turnovers. It's going to be a rough game. It is, you know what I mean? Do I think our boys can do it? I think they can. It's going to be a challenging opportunity. It's probably the most optimistic way that you can place this game. <laughs> this is, you know what I mean, this is the schedule that the, that the coaches put together. Like, you know what I mean? They praise each other about scheduling. And like I said, we're going into a gauntlet. You know what I mean? We're playing Kent State this week. And then you turn around and you go to back, Boca Rat in Florida. You got to play Liberty in Florida Atlantic back to back games. It's six days later. So, you know, what I mean? it's going to be the next three games. You know, what I mean, if we can go, if we can go three and oh, wow. You know, what I mean, we rebounded. If we can go one and two or two and one, when it comes down to it, I just want to see a team that grows. Yes, wins yeah. are nice, but like we said, we, we learn a lot more in defeats. And these are three of the best mid-major teams we're about to see in the next two weeks. So let's see what our team's made of because it's definitely going to show down the road what we are and what we're going to be. For sure, for sure. Like I've said before, uh, the conference play and the conference tournament is the most important thing for for teams like us. And, you know, we're, we're playing to get in. And, and that's the main goal, I think, every single year for a school like us. Obviously, you know, the 25-30 win seasons are great to have along with it. But we want to win those three games at the end. And the best way to do that is learn now, play the conference schedule well, get that bye in the conference tournament, win your three games. You know, we'll be a 12 seed, we'll be a 14 seed, we'll be a 15 seed. It's happening now. We've got, I mean, there's been two one seeds losing in the last seven years, whatever it is. We just want to make the dance. And the more you make the dance, the better you look. Everyone knows your name. You get better recruits. You get better conferences. 
maybe. Uh, we'll see. But uh, but these are the games where you do have to learn how to cut your teeth and 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 take care of business. And hopefully this will go a long way towards the year. But it's definitely going to be a learning game. Hey, and then the positive of all this, right? We have three more games on the road, and then we get five games back in the friendly confines of TD Arena in the six. Yeah. So, you know Thank what I mean? Thank God. They're going to forget that we actually play in Charleston by the time this month is over. Well, and that's what they were talking about during the Coastal team. This That Coastal team doesn't leave the state of South Carolina until January. But you have a team like nice. us that plays your first game at home, and then it's, you know what I mean? Granted, we didn't leave South Carolina for our MTE this year, but still, you know what I mean? I have to travel, not being near bed you know i mean that makes a big difference so let's go out there let's um let's play some charleston basketball let's um show everybody what our city's about i feel like like i said i i I feel positive the guys are going to turn around and i feel like we're going to push forward but i also you know i mean we gotta we gotta take some learning points from all this and we're gonna do it and we're gonna do it right so i trust pat kelsey and we'll see where we go yeah definitely the trust is there um, but just got to get it done. But uh, I think this is a good place to kind of cut it off. Uh, we'll uh, be looking forward to these games next week, breaking down everything and previewing some more. Hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving and looking forward to being back next week. This has been the Maroon Madness podcast. We're going to finish it off like we're going to finish it off every week. We're going to give a big old R city. And this has been Maroon Madness. R city. <laughs>